Welcome to the Journey to Manifesting podcast. My name is Sarah Prout. I'm a best-selling author, inspirational speaker, and creative entrepreneur. I live in Las Vegas with my husband and four children. As an emotional empowerment expert, I am truly devoted to helping you create the life of your wildest dreams through the power of mindset, meaning, and manifestation. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello there. Welcome back to the show. This is episode number 107. So it feels like such a long time since we last connected. I actually haven't recorded an episode in nearly a month and I've really missed creating new episodes of the show. I said this to Sean, my husband, the other day. I'm like, I really miss just sitting down with my microphone and recording an episode for the audience because it feeds me. And I love to see some of your reactions and responses on various social media platforms, such as Facebook or Instagram or wherever we've connected. It means the world to me to know that whatever I've said has landed in your heart at the right point in time. So the theme of today's episode is being adaptive when the universe tests you. And this will give you a little bit of a uh, personal insight and snapshot into where I have been the last four weeks. It has been one of the busiest and most intense emotional periods that I've experienced in a long time. I wouldn't say in my life, I'm not going to be that dramatic, but I will say that it has been very emotionally and creatively challenging. And the reason for that is because I honestly couldn't tell you why, what the reason is specifically. I manifested it, obviously, so I could grow and so I could become more resilient and so I could actually walk that talk to remind you guys that the universe is always training you to be strong enough to handle whatever it is that you have asked for, that there are no accidents in life. It's all because it is divinely orchestrated. The universe loves to send you these messages and signs and dreams and experiences, good, bad, and ugly, for one reason, and that's so you can grow as a human being. So today we're going to dive into that theme about how you can become more adaptive when the universe or life throws you these curveballs. Curveballs are very unexpected. They come out of the blue. Um, Another alternative title for this podcast could be when it rains, it pours, or uh, when life gives you lemons, you can make lemonade and maybe tequila or whatever it is that is your beverage of choice. But just remember that all the things that are unfolding in your reality at this present moment whether they are good, whether they are bad, they just, it just is. There is no right, wrong, good, bad, there just is. And this is the reminder of the bigger picture. So I'm going to dive into the story of how I got to where I am today as of the like first few days of February. February? Febu- February? I don't know. How do you say that? February. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> February. One thing that I absolutely love to do, my ultimate guilty pleasure, is that sometimes I like to take a bath in the middle of the day. It's 
definitely a guilty pleasure to run a hot tub and put in some, um, what are they called, those uh, mineral salts, whether it's lavender or magnesium or whatever it is, those beautiful bath salts that help to relax at a really deep level. And I love to make sure that I won't be disturbed by my children because life for me is usually a steady stream of needing to answer everyone else's questions. And if you are a parent, you probably can associate with this. I get asked questions such as, mom, what's for dinner? Or mommy, can we go to Target so I can get a toy? (laughs) Or mom, can I borrow 20 bucks? You get the picture. It's beautiful chaos and I wouldn't have it any other way. So around the 4th of February, there's that that month again, February, it's hard to say, uh, or thereabouts, it was about the 4th, I was having my midday bath and my husband Sean walked in and he'd just gotten off a phone call and he said, we need to move before the end of the month. And I was like, oh no, is this really happening? Because we had been in our previous house for It'll be three years in July and we love it. It's beautiful. It had a a gorgeous view of the Las Vegas Strip and it had almost from every single window a view of the mountains. And as Sean was describing this to me or telling, dropping this news, he was really relaxed and calm about it. But I started to freak out internally. Our lease up until that point had been month to month. And we foolishly didn't check with our landlord because we assumed, that's that word, assumed, when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, we assumed that we could stay longer. And so we didn't check in. But the great thing was our landlord was great about it. He's an awesome guy. And he he told us that, you know, yes, you know, I, I would ideally like you out by the end of the month, March 1st. And um, he was ready to renovate the house, which had been on his list of things to do for a couple of years, but he was allowing us to stay month after month, which was awesome. And if you have ever moved before or you have needed to find a place to live relatively quickly, then you'll know that it can be an emotionally taxing experience, especially, well, for us anyway. I mean, I'm not saying that we're anything special, but we do have a larger family than most people. We've got uh, six people in the household and three dogs, and Sean and I both work from home. And so finding a house that is as big as we need it to be in a, in a nice area in Las Vegas um, and also that has, you know, the, the things that we like. We like to have a pool because in summertime it is super hot <laughs> and we need those, those things to make us comfortable, right? So we started looking for a place immediately. We had to find something that was close to uh, – Sean's Taekwondo studio and close to Olivia's school and Thomas's work and you know all of the places that this is the thing about renting you have to pick up your entire life and move it and hope that not much changes around you and I have moved this is this is crazy to admit I have moved 41 times in nearly 41 years And so I've never been at a place for a particularly long time. And so this place that we'd been at for nearly three years had been one of the longest places that we had spent our time because I really loved it. Um, And the reason for that, the reason I've moved so much is because my parents were quite nomadic when I was a little kid. And then during my first marriage, we moved around a lot. We moved to Sweden. We moved to various places throughout Melbourne. And uh, sometimes I move twice within one year. And this is just the plight 
of a renter. (laughs) So if you're reading this right now or listening to the podcast version of this, uh, this theme, this subject, this topic, you might be asking yourself right now, okay, Sarah, why don't you own a house yet? You have a successful business. You have been able to sustain this business for a while now. Why don't you own your own house? Which is, oh my gosh, my ultimate dream is to one day own my own home. So I don't have to, um, you know, how do I put this? It always feels like it's a, well, it is a temporary thing. It's felt temporary my entire life. I would love to be able to find the perfect place to buy. And this is probably a story for another day, but the short version is that Sean and I have tried three times in the last three years to purchase our home. And each time someone either made a better offer or we didn't come up with enough cash for the down payment in time, or we had a financial hiccup or, you know, it just didn't work out because it wasn't the right thing. And this is what I ultimately believe, that it happened because of divine timing, that looking back now on those three places that we could have have bought, it wasn't going to be for us. So I'm just so incredibly grateful that the universe knows better than we do sometimes and orchestrates everything that it needs to behind the scenes to make sure that ultimately the final decision that is made by the universe is the right decision. And I I think now, um, I look back two years ago, Sean and I made a video on YouTube. I took it down because it's not relevant anymore, but we purchased a block of land at this beautiful place called Reverence in Las Vegas. And, um, the finances didn't go through. They told us, yes, you'll get a mortgage, you'll get a mortgage. But because we had filtered all of our funds through our business account and because my credit score was still going up because I have just become a, an, what do they call it, a US resident, it is a little bit different for people that haven't got you know a five-year employment history in the United States. So just think for a moment how this applies in your own life to maybe some of the things that you have really, really wanted to unfold. Some of the things that you have, you know, just really wanted to manifest. You've had your hopes set high. You've set those powerful intentions and then it doesn't happen or something else comes along and it's a distraction. Just remember that whatever manifests in your reality is meant to manifest in your reality. So getting back to the story of why I went missing for about a month, uh, finding, trying to find the perfect rental home in a rental market that is dismal in Las Vegas this time of year. It's winter time. There's not that much available. And there, there especially was only maybe three or four possible places that we liked. Um, Sean and I started our search straight away because we thought, okay, it's, you know, we're one week into the month now. Uh, We need to be out by March 1st. That's three weeks to find a place, organize all the paperwork and then move in, which can take, you know, seven to 10 days in terms of organizing the movers and all of those kind of things. So, Sean and I started our search and we found a super creepy house in a weird neighborhood and what I would call one of the weirdest homes I have ever been into in my entire life. If there was another season of American Horror Story that uh, needed to be a haunted mansion or a 80s, 90s party house that is, you know, creepy rooms and a red kitchen and rooms that would never 
be used. This was it. So this this home was about 11,500 square feet. And for those of you that are not familiar with square footage, let's just say it was a huge house. I'll spare you the odd details, but let's just say it was seriously haunted by some off-putting energy. I have never been into a house that gave me uh, these weird energetic vibes. Um, maybe I will go into a bit of the details because you're like, yeah, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> um, so we went into this house and it looked okay from the outside. It looked a bit run down. It had fountains out the front that, you know, they weren't operable. And we went in there and just the huge ceilings. I mean, if a if a smoke detector was beeping in the middle of the night or a light went out, there is no way in the world there would be a ladder big enough. You'd probably need to get like a small forklift or cherry picker up there to get these lights out. And then we went up to the master bedroom and there was like a, how do I put it? It was so run down that the paint was peeling from the walls that there was mold. There's a, there's a smell that mold has from the carpet when there's damp rising. And um, we went into the bathroom, which was black marble. Now, keep in mind that a home of this size, 11,500 square feet, shouldn't be just a few thousand dollars a month rent. So that was really the first red flag, the fact that it was so run down. And, you know, the the pool was like a, a greeny, mossy, slimy color, and it had this big sheet of ice in there. It was abnormally cold in there. And then up in the master bedroom, uh, we went into the closet and the closet was like, how do I, how do I even explain it? It was like a small supermarket. It had aisles made out of the, the strangest, uh, quality of closet material. So it was like cheap chipboard, but there were aisles and aisles of clothing racks. So it was like a small store, and there was an ironing board, and it was just really weird. There was like a a vibe to it that was like, how do how does one live in this home? <laughs> I mean, even though there were six of us, the three dogs, and it would give us plenty of space, it just seemed like a really odd home to fill with cozy energy of love, of functional energy, so you feel motivated. Um, and so Sean and I were like, uh-uh, not, not going in there. As soon as I've actually felt shaken up on my drive home from there. We had a we had to go and get a coffee and I was like, oh, I don't feel good about that place. So that was a no. But here's the thing. That was one of the only options that we had. It was that place or there were about another two that were possible options for that time frame. And we were open to all possibilities. And I remember Sean saying, could we make it work? I mean, we could make it work, but it takes a lot to heat a place like that and a lot to keep cool, especially in the Las Vegas heat. Um, and so the magic there, this is where the magic happens. When you try it on, when you look for all possibilities, all different pathways that could possibly be an outcome. And so even though it was like a, nope, we're not going to do it, we were still open to, okay, well, if we had to, we would because it would provide the right amount of space and we could sage the hell out of it. We would have to buy giant bushes of sage, <laughs> just light them up and uh, plant crystals everywhere and scatter sea salt, rock salt, Himalayan salt in all of the corners of the home. Uh, but we could make it work and we could make it our own. So 
this was, I think it was like day two of looking and we were feeling a little bit disheartened, but we're still holding the faith that the right thing would come up. And then it was during this time that Ava was feeling a little bit sick. She developed a really bad cough and it was one of the most intense illnesses that I've ever seen one of my kids go through in the last 18 years. Um, I remember when Thomas was little, he used to get really bad ear infections or the kids would get gastro, which is where you're throwing up and pooping all the time. But nothing had been as bad as what I was seeing Ava go through. And I mean, I've been a parent for 18 years now. So seeing Ava with a fever for three days and sleepless nights where I was staying up with her because she was crying or she was uh, coughing so much that it would hurt her. It was the third day that I got up at 5 a.m. and I woke Sean up and I said, I think we need to go to the emergency room. So we called the nurse. There's like a nurse on call service and she listened to Ava's breathing over the phone and she's like, yep, you've got to get to the emergency room. So we bundled her up and her nose had been bleeding for over 20 minutes and that was like, a, oh God, what's going on here? Uh, we drove to the hospital and she, just as we were getting out of the car, she puked all over herself. <laughs> but Sean, God bless his soul, <laughs> carefully folded during the time where Ava was vomiting over me, <laughs> carefully folded his Ted Baker coat <laughs> and, and handed it to me so that it didn't get puke on it. But it was a weird green color, like slime. And um, Ava was really listless. So we knew that we were in the right place. And um, the doctors took her in straight away, took some tests and placed her on oxygen therapy. And little Ava was diagnosed with something called RS. V. Um, it is short for respiratory something <laughs> virus. I'm not sure what it is exactly, but I'd never heard of that before. It's really weird. I think it used to be called bronchiolitis or something like that, but it can be really life-threatening if it's not treated. And the doctor said that Ava's oxygen levels weren't good. They monitored her for about I think it was nearly the whole day. And then they admitted her to the ward. So we had to go upstairs where she was placed on a drip with a little IV in her hand. And it was really scary because usually kids younger than her struggle with RSV. So it's unusual to get it when you're three years old. But she was so strong and and so brave. And it was so cute because when the nurse would do something for her, whether they'd prop up her pillows or give her some juice or give her some medicine, Tylenol, whatever, um, they'd say, is that okay? And she'd say it like this, okay, okay. They'd be like, can, can we take your temperature? Okay. And it was so sweet. The fact that she was giving her permission, which is so important. And, um, during that time, I was just trying to support her as much as I could. I was trying all of the alternative therapies such as affirmations and essential oils and um, bringing in my own food, plant-based food for her because hospital food is really bad. I don't think anybody's ever been to hospital and, got, hospital and gone, you know what, I'm really looking forward to the food in the hospital. It's going to be amazing. Um, I was singing mantras to her and I brought in my own crystals and I was also telling her how brave she was. I was very much reinforcing that. I was telling her affirmations such as 
uh, thank you for having such a strong body. I was trying my best to empower her mindset because I could tell that she was really looking for that reassurance in each and every moment. And um, it was, oh, it was the toughest thing in the world to see her getting the fluid sucked out of her nose. Um, that was one of the things that would stop her from coughing. So she would get it caught in her nasal passages and dripping down to her chest. And she's so strong that it took three adult humans to hold her down as they were suctioning the fluid out of her nose. And it was during this time that I got glimpses into her depth of wisdom beyond her three years on this planet. I don't know who Ava Moonbeam was before she got here, but she is a really wise soul because she would make jokes when she was in pain and she would say thank you to the nurses. So there was this beautiful sense of humility. She was just so present with the process and trusting that each moment she would feel better and that she was loved as well. I was really afraid that this virus would take a bad turn because I'd heard horror stories from other people. And um, at the same time, though, I felt really grateful to be able to provide care for my baby. Before we even saw a doctor in the emergency room, we had to pay over two and a half thousand dollars for being in the emergency room. And we even have insurance. And I can't even imagine what it's like for other people out there. We didn't care about how much it cost because this is what I believe that the greatest wealth is health. So it doesn't matter how much it cost. I was just glad that I had the resources to be able to do that. And um, so we spent two nights in the hospital, one full day and two nights. Actually, it was three full days and two nights. And hospitals are really loud places at night. The beeping and the constant monitoring left me with less than six hours of sleep in three days. They had like this little sofa thing in the corner that was so uncomfortable. It was like a box with a cushion on it. And I just put my head, you know, I used my my jacket as a pillow and I was exhausted I was so exhausted. But the great thing was Sean and I took shifts. So he was there during the day and then I'd go home and try and get some sleep and deal with the other three children and then I would come back to the hospital at nighttime. And I was exhausted. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, we still haven't found a place to live yet. These days that we're spending in the hospital, we need to find and look for a place. And I was thinking, oh, God, please don't let it be that creepy place. I just don't want to live there. And what I kept telling myself during this time and I told Ava this too, is that everything would work out perfectly as it is meant to and that there is no point fighting with the reality of what is. And um, it's just so important to remember that the universe gives her strongest manifestors the toughest tests. I'll rephrase that one. How about that? The universe sends her toughest missions to her most powerful manifestors. And this is where I remembered that the universe isn't just training you, isn't, excuse me, isn't teaching you or testing you. It's training you. It's building those muscles of resistance, of endurance, of throwing everything that it can at you, because here's the thing, you are never given more than you can handle. As much as you want to believe that, oh yeah, it's too much and I, you know, I'll crumble under the pressure or I'm devastated or I can't take this anymore. You can because you're still here and it's perspective as well because even though I was really worried about my kid in the hospital bed, 
I, as I walk down to, you know, switch shifts with Sean or go and get a drink of water or take a walk, I could see other families that were really struggling with much worse situations. And you need to remember this. You must remember that it can always be worse and it can always be better. I don't say this to minimize your pain or your experience, but just remember that you're not the only one going through this, that everybody is experiencing their own variation of tribulations, of challenges, of setbacks, of inconveniences, because we've got a lot going on with our business right now. I've got three trips coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks. I've got um, Los Angeles, New York, and then San Diego. And ideally, (laughs) moving wasn't the best thing because we've had so many projects on the go. And we even launched during this time, (laughs) during the time that Ava was in hospital, my brand new program called Abundance by Design. And what was mildly ironic, the irony was not lost on me, was the fact that I said to my students when we started the six-week program together that I would be going through the work with them. I would be doing the emotional work and I gave them the heads up that when you start this course, the universe may show up and test you, train you, teach you to get stronger and more resilient and that's okay. And what I didn't realize was that I was putting my hand up to do the work as well. In the very first module of Abundance by Design, we do an exercise that I call creating your sacred container vision board. So on it, you put all of the things that represent where you want to be in your life. It's almost like a vision board, but more intense and more meaningful things that activate those emotions. Because remember, your emotions and your feelings are creating your reality. And so I created mine as a digital version. Uh, This was before I found out that I even had to move. And on that vision board, I put a picture of a home, a really expensive home that ironically, the place that we did end up living in is in the very same community. Now, there are lots of different communities in Las Vegas to live in, um, you know, from Henderson, which is over the other side of Las Vegas, to Summerlin, which is where I live. But out of all of the communities and all of the places where I could find a really uh, fancy dream home to place on my sacred container vision board, it was in the same community. And so, again, the universe has a very funny sense of humor. (laughs) Um, This was just confirmation for me of doing this work, of remembering that you are the creator of your own reality and we're all on this adventure together and that whatever doesn't kill you will make you stronger, that each day that you get up out of bed and you take another breath and you remember how grateful you are to have what you have, to be able to do whatever you can with what you have. This is your opportunity, your invitation from the universe to adapt. And you can. I mean, this is the thing. If I can be grateful when my daughter's lying in a hospital bed, instead of reacting with, oh, my God, how am I going to pay these bills or what am I going to do? Trust me, that was there a little bit, the fleeting thoughts of this is going to cost a lot of money. Um, how am I going to take this time away from work right now? How is this going to interrupt the projects that we've got going on? How's it going to impact the other kids? Instead, I just peeled it back to basics and I remembered the present moment. I was there with my baby as her mother, connecting with her, showing her love, 
And in that moment, that was the most self-loving thing that I could do as well, to ground myself, to appreciate a hot cup of coffee when my husband brought it to me after a really long night shift, to truly appreciate that, to drive home (laughs) and to wind down the windows of the car and, and breathe in the fresh air and appreciate the clouds and the sunshine and the sunlight away from the fluorescent lighting of the hospital. It doesn't take much to be grateful. It All it takes is the reminder that you have the power to choose appreciation in each moment. And this is how you adapt to whatever life shows up for you and through you to facilitate your conscious expansion. It really is a beautiful gift if you can see it that way. But just remember as well, there will be times where you allow that doubt, those concerns, the drama of the situation, the the energetic magnitude to consume you. And that's okay. It's perfectly fine. It's actually really normal. Give yourself a moment. Let it out. Let it go. As it says in the in the movie Frozen, let it go. <laughs> I won't sing for you, I promise. Just remember, let it go, surrender to what is and trust that the universe is always there delivering what is meant for you at the perfect time. And so I'm really happy to say that at the time that I'm recording this podcast, I am in my brand new office in my beautiful new home that I rented (laughs) and I'm still holding that vision and setting that intention that one day I will purchase my dream home. And um, more importantly, more important than that, is that Ava got better and that she, you would never know that she was in the hospital not that long ago. (laughs) She's back in action (laughs) and she's really happy to be healthy again because there is no greater wealth than your health. So that's it from me for today. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode after my month-long absence in February. (laughs) And uh, if you enjoyed this show, please share it with your friends or if you would be so kind as to leave me a review or a rating on whatever podcasting platform you are currently listening to this show on, that would mean the world to me. All right, everyone, lots of love and I'll speak to you again very soon. Thank you so much for being here for yet another episode of Journey to Manifesting. If you would be so kind as to share this show with your friends, with your family, your loved ones, and please rate and review on the podcasting platform you are currently listening to. All right, lots of love. And until next time, enjoy your journey to manifesting.